Hey, I'm not gonna be a real patient guy now. Huddle up, huddle up. You know what? You're like my wife when you get in space. You just get lost. We're not posing for football cards now, offense. We're not posing for football cards. Let's play with some speed. Just get north and south. You're not Billy White Shoes Johnson. How stupid are we? Are you out of your mind? Are you out of your skull? Well, call it on Tom Brady, will you? Call it on those guys. I've never seen that in my life. Do it again. Do it again. Ho, 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 ho! Santa Claus is here, huddle up! You gotta build the foundation, man. That's what we're doing here. Raider Nation, welcome back to another episode of the Behind the Eye Patch podcast, brought to you by yours truly, Micah, along with my sidekick, Tyler. Tyler, man, offseason has begun. How you doing? Got the Super Bowl coming up. We're not playing in it. No, and no, not. <laughs> no, we didn't even make the playoffs. Playoffs. <laughs> um, no, I'm good. I uh, got over the influenza virus. And Jeez. may I remind, may I uh, add this note? My children, all three of them, had the flu uh, shot. Oh boy! But alas. Oh boy. They came down with the flu. I contracted it from them. I had to stay home for a day from work. That's how bad it was. Well, that's not I a like, bad thing, right? Well, you don't get paid if you don't go to work, <laughs> so that's kind of a bad thing. Anyway, we're all feeling better. There you go. Well, that's and, good. And uh, hopefully the uh, coronavirus doesn't creep its way into New Mexico. It just stays <laughs> away from New Mexico. Stays in China. So. Stays well, in. it's not in China anymore. It's oh, here. no kidding. Well, I knew it was yeah. here, but I think it's mostly in, in, in Asia, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, you're correct. You're okay, correct. okay. Well, yeah, I feel like I feel like this the, the coronavirus is, is like a little bit of like the swine flu. Do you remember when that was supposed to sweep through and be a major yeah. epidemic, and then it was like... And nothing. SARS yeah. and Ebola. Yeah, Ebola was the other one. So I, I don't know, man. Like, I feel like... Maybe it's a little bit of a slow news month, so we're trying to hype something up here. Uh, but obviously, not to downplay anything of sickness-wise. It's just every time I hear something on the news, they're like, "Oh my gosh!" You know, trying to seems like it's spreading more panic than anything has actually happened. You know, this I'm, is true. It, it, people, thousands of people die from the flu every year, but it seems like we don't get all in a huff and a puff about the flu every year. It's like, look, it's the flu. But this is <laughs> different. Right, right. So we got something to get excited about, I guess. I don't know. Just stay healthy out there, Raider Nation. Stay healthy. Take your uh, take your elderberries. <laughs> That's, take- right. That's right. I uh, have newt. I have newt. Tail of frog. Yes. Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, maybe whatever a tadpole. Yeah, yeah. Maybe a feather of the beak of owl. I know that's another one. Yes. So, you know, grind yeah. that up to a claws fine of a raven. Right. Grind it all up. Just don't fine get caught powder. killing a raven because they're pretty protected in the U.S. of A. Right, right. Owls as well. I don't. I think it's frowned upon <laughs> to, uh, to harvest beaks from owls. So. That, that it is. But I feel that like I have is. to That's mention akin that. to like a rhinoceros. Right, right. I feel like it should be mentioned though because Raider Nations, uh, we're a motley bunch, and I don't know if there's anybody out there that might. Maybe even currently be doing that right now. Wouldn't put it past anybody in our family. <laughs> An base. illegal trade of owl beaks. Yeah, for uh, for yeah. Anyhow, 
right. As always, we're so happy to have you with us. Political free, family friendly podcast. As always, we're going on like, I don't know, Tyler, what? 50, 60 episodes, something like that. I don't know. I lost I, count. Yeah, I, I did. A too. lot of podcasts count. I don't. Yeah. I'm just like, hey, people still listen to us. Let's keep rolling. Right, right. So. Hope you guys enjoy the content. We enjoy putting it out. We try to stay as informed as possible, give you our unbiased opinions. We try to come in with some smart and heady takes as well. You know, not the hot, popular, like, sky is falling, doom and gloom. If you've heard this podcast a lot, you know that we're real, though. We keep it real. Nobody is safe from the line of fire, not even our beloved quarterback. We have been critical of him here, but we've also have sung his praises here as well. So... But at the end of the day, man, Tyler, I think I speak for both of us. We would just like to win. And whatever it takes to win, I, you know, maybe you can't spy on people, okay? But right. whatever it would take to win, whoever needs to be in place to win, I don't care who it is. I am not in love with any one player on this team. Like, okay, sure, I have favorite players on this team. But look, if you're not getting it done, then you're not getting it done. I'm sorry. At the end of the day, this is a business. It's about winning. Let's go win some championships. Amen. Let's get committed to excellence. So Let's just win. That's right. So that is our take on this podcast. If you've listened, you know it well. If you haven't listened, there you go. Fair warning. Everybody's free game. Even Tyler is free game in this podcast. You know, dude, yeah, I've almost been kicked off. You before. have been. And, I and, had my contract terminated at yeah, one point. You know, but you're able but he was able to rebound. He had a couple solid uh, pods and, and next thing you know, he's get signed to an extension. You know, we were, we talk- were talking about signing Birch to an extension and now I'm not sure. Yeah, dude. Uh, for those of you who know, the sultry voice of Birch joins us quite often on the podcast. He's always doing work behind the scenes. Or is he, Tyler? I don't know so much anymore, man. He kind of comes and goes. I don't know really where he's at. And he's like come that. A, come a, come a, come a, come a chameleon. <laughs> oh, gosh. Are, are you done? Um, yeah. I've been singing that all night. Tonight. Yeah, I, I know. know why, but During the prep for the show. It just it felt was, right. Okay. Uh, you know what? I had to go with it. Yeah, well, right you know, you got to do it. I had to go for it. Do what your gut tells you to go do. Go big or go home. There you go. That's what my mom always said. <laughs> oh, yes, she did. Sorry. <laughs> so. Oh, look, I'm just looking on Twitter, and it's a chameleon. (laughs) You can't even make this up, Raider Nation. There's a chameleon. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Uh, Anyway, Raider Nation having more fun than a human being should be allowed to have on the podcast. Tyler, man, it's the offseason. We just talked about it. Super Bowl is right around the corner. You got the Chiefs. You got... The 49ers, two teams obviously that aren't particularly exciting, especially to Raider Nation. I told my wife the other day, man, I said, it's not that I just, you know, so sure. As a Raider fan, I dislike both teams. But there's not even really an interesting, to me, an interesting storyline in this Super Bowl. You know, usually you get like, you know, an underdog team. You know, like, the you know, when the Eagles made the run or when the Giants would make a run. You know, they were an underdog team. It was like, whoa, you know, like, I feel like they have no business being in the Super Bowl, but here they are. So you feel like rooting for them. You know, there's always, or there's always a team that, like, you know, like when the Patriots are in the Super Bowl, well, I always root against them. So I'm always rooting for, you know, the other team. 
Well, this year it's like I dislike both teams so much, and um, and, and there's so there, there, there's no interesting storyline. Like I concede that both the Chiefs and the 49ers, I think, and I, it pains me to say this, but I believe they deserve to be in the Super Bowl with how they've performed all year, right? So like. It's not like, well, you know, you guys just got lucky. It's like, no, they've both played really well all season. So I feel like, yeah, they, they kind of deserve to be there. And it pains me to say that. But because they both deserve to be there, to me, there's no real interesting storyline. It's like, maybe you got some high-powered offenses going head-to-head, but there isn't that underdog. There isn't that team. Like, I hate both teams. So there isn't like a, oh, I, you know, I hate Tom Brady, so I'm cheering for the Packers or, you know, whatever, that kind of a thing. Um, So I'm really ho-hum about this year's Super Bowl. Personally, I'm going to go for the 49ers. Let's see the 49ers win. I don't like Patrick Mahomes. More importantly, I don't like Tyreek Hill. I don't believe Tyreek Hill should be playing in the NFL right now. And the fact that he still is playing and that I have to hear commentators singing his praises every Sunday um, really just kind of, it just really ticks me off so i'm gonna i'm gonna go with the 49ers i'd like to see the 49ers win how about you man yeah i uh as somebody from the bay or not from the bay area i tell about i don't know 10 years ago or so i didn't even know that you weren't allowed to like the 49ers so i'm like i'm in this conundrum of I actually cheered for the 49ers right. and the Raiders growing up because I liked Steve Young. I liked Jerry Rice. I liked Ricky Waters uh, on that 94 Super Bowl team. I can about name that whole entire team. And so I, I liked the 49ers growing up. And people may say, oh, that fake Tyler fan. What an idiot. I didn't know that that was a thing, that you couldn't like the Raiders and the 49ers. So... Um, I'm actually cheering for the 49ers. I hope they destroy the, uh, the chiefs and, you know, I can't, I can't tell anybody how to feel, but I did see some stuff going around that if the chiefs win, then it makes the AFC West look stronger and all this crap. I'm like, how do you cheer for a division rival? Like forget, forget everything else. Right. If you said it's, it's the chiefs. You want the Chiefs to win, and you're like, heck no. I hate those guys. Like, nothing would bring me more pleasure than to just burn their organization to the ground, <laughs> and they never play again, at, let alone win a Super Bowl. Like, they haven't been there for 50 years. Let's not let them have the gloating, their fans gloat all offseason. We won a Super Bowl, and the Raiders suck, guys. <laughs> right. Uh, I don't want that. I'd much rather have the 49ers who aren't even in our division. Like they're not, they're not in our division. They're not in our conference. Right. I would much rather have the non-conference, non-division team win. That's just my way of thinking. I know some people from the Bay Area are like, oh, 49ers fans are insufferable and blah, blah, blah. Okay, I don't live in the Bay Area, so I don't have to deal with right, that. I couldn't right. I couldn't care less. But you know, can you imagine the excrement coming from the mouths of Kansas City fans? Like they're already Oh, it's already me. bad. Right. It's already bad. Do I, I want to live them. through that for the whole off season until No. Or I don't really... want anything to do with that. Right. I, I'm like, nope, Kansas City can lose 
I, like I'd rather cheer for the Patriots than Kansas City. Like I just I can't right. cheer for a division rival, right? And especially the Chiefs and especially the Broncos. Like and those those are just terrible. You're not going to hear teams. the end of it until the Raiders win a Super Bowl, and whenever you know that could be two years down the road, twenty years down the road. We don't know. Um, but the one thing we do know is the Chiefs look pretty strong and they're probably going to be good for about the next 10, 12 years, to be honest. And that's just the way of life in the AFC West. So, um, yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I can see both sides of the coin. I can see, you know, if you live in the Bay Area and you just, you hate 49ers and their fans and you're like, nope, nope, not, I don't even want to deal with that. I, I hate the 49ers. Like, okay, I get that, but I'm with you, Tyler. I don't live in the Bay um, and so I really don't want to hear Chiefs fans gloating all off season, and really until we win a Super Bowl uh, about how inferior our team is. You know, I, I don't want to have to put up with that. So I hope they go down in curtling flame. Um, I have to say, I think they're going to lose, dude. I legit think that the Chiefs are going to lose, and I think it's going to be double-digit loss, and here's why. Both those offenses are good, right? Like, there's no doubt about that. Ugh. Yeah, I would say I would say that the Chiefs is is probably a tier above the 49ers per, yeah. as far as offense goes. Right, right. Tiny bit better, I would say. But when you p- compare apples to apples with the defense, I don't know, man. I, I, if you ask me who who do you want to get a stop, you know, late in the oh, game, I choose the 49ers defense. Right, all day long. I'll all take day the 49ers long and twice defense. on Sundays. Right. Right. So, uh, and the one thing the Chiefs have struggled with all year is is uh, uh, stopping the run. Well, what do the 49ers do best? Man, they grind you into the ground with the run. They just ripped apart. Who was it? The, oh, Packers. the Packers. Yeah. Ripped them apart. Monster went for like, what did he go for? It was over 250. It was bad. It was bad. And so. Four touchdowns over 250. And Kyle Shanahan is a is a wizard. Right. As well. Right. So honestly, I think the 49ers, in my opinion, are going to handle the Chiefs pretty easily. I think it's going to be something like it's going to be like 34 to 17 late in the game. And then the Chiefs with like six minutes left or something like that are going to score a touchdown and make it look closer. So it'll be like 24 to 34 at the end of the game or something like that. But I I honestly do believe the 49ers are going to handle the Chiefs easily and get a pretty easy win. Uh, that's just my take. Uh, who do you see winning, man? I like I like the 49ers as well. I think their defense gets the job done. I think Shanahan is a wizard when it comes to offensive play calling and running different plays out of the, like keeping the defense guessing. He runs the same a, a lot of the same looks, but he's got so many different options off of those looks. So I think I think the 49ers win. It's I was just thinking right now, you know, most Super Bowls are like they're like seems like they're done in the first half. Right. right. Like, you, And so maybe it is that for whatever reason, the Chiefs don't seem to get off to a good start, at least in the, the postseason. They haven't. Mm-hmm. They've been down um, most most of their games that they've well I guess they only played one game right to the Titans um but they seem like well Titans and Texans even, both though you know Texans had well we're up what was that 24 to 7 oh yeah they were up huh yeah yep that's true 
and uh, and then they they came roaring back. So, right. you know, it may be that one of the teams come, you know, busts out of the gate really quick, and then the other team catches up in the second half. I don't know. I think the 49ers win, though. I'm I'm thinking like a a 31 24 type of game is actually is kind of what I was there I was go. thinking. So yeah, and that was even before you said 34 17. So we're kind of the same same ballpark area. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think at first the Chiefs might be able to slow the run down, but I think as that game wears on. I think the 49ers run game is going to take that game over. They're going to keep Mahomes off the field and the defense is good enough to to slow Mahomes down at least force maybe three or four punts that game enough to where um it's the the, the offense for the 49ers is going to be able to control the game and the defense is going to do enough to to confuse and befuddle Mahomes and and they've got some fast their front four is fast man. So I don't it's not going to be easy for Mahomes to get out of the pocket and escape. Um, as it has been in the past, in my opinion, I think he, I think they're going to give him real trouble. And if that's the one thing we've seen a lot, man, that that Chiefs offensive line breaks down pretty fast. They they're not great, and now you're getting ready to go against that front four, the 49ers. I, I think that's gonna that's another gonna be another theme of this game where, in the past. Mahomes is able to scramble around and just make plays. You know those those plays where it's like that should have been a five yard sack. Instead, it's a you know thirty yard run. Um, I don't think that's going to be able to happen for the Chiefs this time. They're going to have to make plays with Mahomes in the pocket, and I think that pocket's going to be collapsing so fast, so often that it's going to be a disastrous for the for the Chiefs offense. I think that's going to be one of the big reasons their offense isn't going to be able to move up and down the field because I think I think Bosa and company there they're going to be setting up shop in the backfield uh of the Chiefs D offense. So um I did we'll hear some I did hear something on the I think it was the Dan Patrick show uh I can't remember what show it was. I listened to a sports talk radio in the morning. They were saying that um, Patrick Mahomes, when he has 2.5 seconds or less to throw the football, he's actually the best quarterback in the NFL at getting rid of the ball and actually being like his QBR is is the highest in the uh, in the NFL, which is interesting. Wow. So, does pressure really affect Mahomes? You would think it would because they like to throw a lot of deep routes, you know, to Hill right. trying to bust open to Mecole Hardman trying to get open deep downfield, which takes longer. Um, and I and I was like, wow, that's kind of interesting. I didn't realize that he was so good with pressure coming at him. Uh, I think the thing that's different, and you already you already mentioned it is the speed of the 49ers defensive line and their linebackers. Yes. I like how their linebackers match up against Travis Kelsey. Uh, you've got Fred Warner and um, Quan Alexander who can, I, I think they can kind of uh, limit the damage that Travis Kelsey does because they're fast and they're fairly big people. Right. Um, and then I like I like the front four: Boza, uh, Eric Armstead, uh, Buckner, uh, and I know I'm missing a couple other people on there. Uh, Solomon Thomas, but uh, you know they're they're set up for a while to be pretty good. But I think they're I think they can get pressure with four people, whereas Tennessee couldn't get any pressure. Right. And right. Mahomes had all day to throw, so I like. 
the fact that that they can get pressure. Now we have to see if they can get to him, bring him down before um, he, that like that 2.5 second mark. If they can right. make it like one and and get Mahomes on the ground a few times. You know, Al Davis said to win a game, the quarterback must go down and he must go down hard in the first couple of drives. And I think that the 49ers have an, a good enough defensive line to do that. And I yep. think their defensive coordinator is smart enough to be able to create some new schemes in a couple weeks to maybe throw off Mahomes' reads, get a couple turnovers, and I think that may be your, you know, your little nug or your turning point in the game is Mahomes is usually pretty good at keeping the ball away from the other team as far as interceptions goes. Um, but maybe I think the 49ers can create some coverages and do some things to kind of to maybe confuse him. And uh, but you never know. That's just that's just what I see on tape um, as a fan is I, I think the 49ers win. I think the defensive line and the linebackers are the difference. And I think that running game for the 49ers is is a major difference as well in the in the game. Right, right. I feel like the, the strengths and weaknesses stack up heavily in favor of the 49ers in this game. Now, in that when you say when you're mentioning that stat, he's like 2.5 seconds to throw. Is that before pressure is on him? Because is that before? So that's like before he release. Like if he releases the ball before like 2.5 seconds. So I don't know if that's like slants, shovel passes, all okay. of those in brought into play, but he does right. well. Uh, it, it was under pressure. Okay. It, so and I so wasn't there sure was if that was pressure. like at 2.5 seconds, he's technically pressured and that's when he scrambles, you know, oh, so he has to get no, rid this of the is ball like, then. Okay. Okay. Yeah, this is like he's got 2.5 seconds right. well, in the pocket is what I was understanding. I see, I see. Yeah, and see, and that's the thing, like what we saw, and you mentioned this against Tennessee, you know, they when they'd finally get pressure, well, he'd just roll out and then make something happen. I think the 49ers are going to be able to contain that. I don't think he's going to be— They're I, not going to be—he's not going to be running around like right. he did in the Tennessee right. game. Right, I don't see that happening. I see him having a real difficult time— um, against the 49ers uh, front four, trying to get out and make things happen with his legs just because I don't think they're going to be able to allow it to... I don't think the 49ers defense is un, that undisciplined and they're so fast. And I think they're just going to overpower Kansas City's offensive line to the point where Mahomes... Uh, honestly, I could see it being like a five or six sack game for the 49ers defense. So, um, And that's that's going to get frustrating, force a few punts, and at the end of the day, I think the 49ers get it done. I hope they do anyway, man, because like I said, I, as a Raider fan, I do not want to hear any more trash talk than I already have to suffer through from the Chiefs because you know what? They beat us twice already. What they beat us twice the year before as well, if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah. um, you know, they kind of own us, right? And Especially it, when it's cold in Kansas City right. for some odd reason. <laughs> so, so I, I don't want to have to go through any more trash talk. Um, that I have to no more tough pills to swallow than more than I have to. We'll just put it that way, dude. All right, let's get back to some Raider football. Off seasons here, man. I was kind of looking over some free agents, and you mentioned there are some quarterbacks out there. I, I've seen some names thrown around. Can, all right, first, can I? Can we just? 
I'd like to get this elephant out of the room. I think, do I speak <laughs> for both of us when I say you don't want Tom Brady? No. Unless he wins us a Super Bowl, then I don't care. Ow. Really? Mm, I, there might be a lot of radiation that take... I, I certainly think I take issue with that. Because I don't like Tom Brady just for the fact that... You don't want to win? I don't, don't want to win, win with Tom Brady. I don't want to win with Tom Brady. It wouldn't matter if it was Tom Brady that won you a Super Bowl. Something that you and I both don't think that we will see in our lifetimes. <laughs> and we're fairly young. I'm 33. You're in your 20s. You wouldn't take a Super Bowl even if it was with Tom Brady. Uh, see, that's tough. I, dude, I think I, I've got too much I would. pride. I'll tell you in a heartbeat, I would. I, yeah. if, if it was a promised Super Bowl, even if it was just one, I would take it. I would love you know to what? see a Raiders winning a Super Bowl. You know what? I'm going to put a poll to the fans. If it were a guaranteed Super Bowl, but Tom Brady was the one that had to lead it, would you want Tom Brady on your team still? Dude, I think, call me too proud. Call me... I think I'm too proud. I don't want him on. Even if it was a guaranteed Super Bowl, I don't think I'd want Tom Brady on my team. I just don't like him. I don't like him. I don't like what he did to the Raiders organization. Um, and uh, uh, I don't like him, but I like winning better. Yeah, yeah. And that's maybe, the, maybe that's I'm the just path too proud. I've chosen. There you go. And like, I, so I understand that. I take the path less walked. Yeah. In the words of Robert Frost. There you go. There you go. But I, I don't. Um, no, I, that wouldn't sit well with me. I don't, um, yeah, I, maybe call it pride, but I don't think I could swallow my pride. I think I'd be like, no, get out of here. I don't, I don't, I don't want it. I don't want it. So, um, so there you go, Raider Nation. Give us a call, 208-557-9771. Give us your thoughts on the off season, on the upcoming draft. And if Tom Brady would guarantee you a Super Bowl, would you want him on the team? I'm, I'm legit interested to know. I'm going to put a poll out to the fans. I'll report back on the next podcast with my findings because that is a very interesting scenario, as they say in Europe. Dude, looking at the free agents this offseason, um, you know, it's so hard at this point in the season because you don't know who's going to be kept, who's going to get re-signed, things like that. Let's start the receiver position. Obviously, just for the, I think it's hilarious that Amari Cooper is a free agent. That that's rich. Um, uh, do do you think the Cowboys bring him back? Do they have a choice? I don't I know. Mean, you just gave you just gave up a first a uh, first round draft pick, right? And you're like, we can get this guy to sign here, right? Well, between he he and Michael Gallup, they had. 20 dropped passes I read oh, today. Gosh. And so it's like, that's just way too much for your number one and number two guy. And Gallup might be a three. I don't follow the Cowboys, but I know right. Cooper's their number one. Um, but interesting that he kind of faded towards the end of the season, is it not? Some right. people will blame it on his foot. I don't. I blame it on his attitude. I think his attitude stinks. So, anyways, I uh, I think they have to. I think they have to sign Dak. I think they have to sign uh, Amari Cooper because then you look stupid, right? Right. I mean, right. I don't think Jerry Jones wants to first, look stupid. No, you traded a, a first-round draft pick for Amari Cooper, and then you can't get him to uh, an extension. And then you're like, I read that in the offseason, Dak Prescott almost signed a $44 million contract. 
And then I don't think he did himself any favors by not making the playoffs. So they may bring that, they may have to bring that number down to, you know, I I don't know what he will sign for, but Aaron Rodgers is making $37 million a year. And uh, you would think that probably Prescott, just because the market keeps inflating every year, he's going to sign north of $37 million, whether he deserves right. that or not. Right. That's probably you're looking at 39 to $40 million. Plus, then you're looking at having to pay Cooper. Plus, then your defense, you've got several players making pretty big money on that side of the ball too right is probably going to come down to a franchise tag for either cooper or uh dak is my is my guess it's yeah. one of them is going to have to be franchised and the other one they're probably going to try to sign right you know uh, so i don't see the i don't see cooper getting out of there i don't want him anyway it's a pride thing again i don't see the raiders bringing him back um other names on the list, Robbie Anderson of the Jets, Manuel Sanders, A.J. Green, Larry Fitzgerald. I don't see Larry Fitzgerald leaving. Um, Larry Fitzgerald reminds me of the kind of guy that, like, he'll be a, yeah, a cardinal for life. Maybe yeah, that's just me. absolutely. Um, uh, Manuel Sanders, I, I, to me, it would be hard to see, the especially if the 49ers win the Super Bowl, I, I, I don't see how the 49ers let him get out of there. Uh, um, I don't either because the 49ers are pretty set. They have, right. like... They don't really have a whole lot of free agents this year. Right. Armstead is the only one on that defensive line that is a free agent, and the rest of them have several years left. I think they could, and they're pretty good cap room. I think they could bring him back, absolutely. But he also hasn't played that big of a role in the playoffs. He doesn't have that many catches because they haven't thrown the ball that much. But, yeah, I, I don't see him getting out of San Francisco. I would hope. I, I would bet if he wins a Super Bowl and he looks at that roster, he's probably like, yeah, I could stay here and win maybe one or two more. Right, right. Um, honestly, I don't see the Jets letting Robbie Anderson go either. The up-and-coming young man, 26 years old. I, I don't, with, with uh, Sam Darnold, he's going to need all the help he can get. They're putting it together in New York. I feel like New York's going to be one of those teams Um you know, if the Raiders can get on board, it'll kind of, you know, we talk about there's always that turnover in the NFL. It seems about like every decade or so. I feel like the Raiders and the Jets are part of that like group that is kind of up and coming. And then like, you know, they'll be one of those teams that, you know, they're they're fighting each other in the playoffs again, kind of like the good, like the good old days, so to speak. Um, so I honestly, I don't see, I don't see the Jets letting Robbie Anderson out of New York. The one I could potentially see the most, honestly, is A.J. Green getting out of Cincinnati. I could see Cincinnati starting over with a new quarterback, should be starting over with a new quarterback with Burrow. Um, uh, so, you know, there's the argument, well, do they want, you know, a massive guy, you know, for Burrow to be thrown to? Um, and I don't – he's 33, been injury-prone the last couple of seasons. Um as a Raider fan, like I, it, I know it's a sexy name, Tyler, but um, I don't know. I, I don't know if I want AJ Green. I feel like with two first round picks and the receivers we have now, I think you could bring Williams back, and you've got Renfro. Yeah, I think you have to restructure that contract, though. There you go. When I think it's that's, I think you could. Uh, maybe not, but I think you could. And with Renfro as well, you got Darren Waller, uh, solid tight end. Uh, it, 
I think you're better off going after a young stud because this draft is full of them, man. Uh, getting a young stud wide receiver at the 12th pick or the, or the what is that, 18th pick as well in the first round. Um, then going with like a 33-year-old A.J. Green. Now, maybe that maybe that's just my opinion. but that And maybe there are a lot of, I mean, like I said, I, anytime you get a big name in free agency like that, you know, it's hard not to want to jump on somebody like that. But um, I think there's better, our, our money's better spent elsewhere. Because as we've talked about before, there are plenty of holes to fill still on this roster. Um, and I think Oakland's better off just, just picking up a young wide receiver instead of going after anybody on this list. Unless a guy like Robbie Anderson. Really, Robbie Anderson's the only name to me that... If, if New York were willing, you know, if they don't, I think they can hit him with the franchise tag, if I'm not mistaken. Um, uh, yeah. So if that's the only name that, like, if they let him test, the like, that I wouldn't mind seeing Oakland pursue, um, in my opinion. Uh, but that, that'd be the only name on this list that, uh, that intrigues me at all. Don't want Cooper back. Okay, so Emmanuel Sanders, but I don't like realistically. I'm trying to be as realistic as possible um, because we could woulda, coulda, shoulda all day long, or you know, wish all day long. But um, I think Green's going to be the only option that might be really on the table, and I'm not interested. What what are, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I've uh, I don't I don't know that Anderson is the answer to what we need, and. I don't really know what we need. Like we've got Renfro who's kind of a shifty little dude who gets the ball on third down. Then you, I think Tyrell Williams, if you restructure his contract can be a solid number two guy kind of stretch the field when his feet are, are healthy. And then, I mean, we just, we kind of do need just a, a number one guy an alpha dog who you can get the ball to, you can go to in, a, you know, in the clutch time, like go up and make a play. I I don't know. I mean, because because Anderson's a pretty tall dude. He's tall and lanky um, and Carr seems to like taller wide receivers. But I think Anderson's going to be asking for a lot of money. And I just, I don't think that we need that. I think, like you said, in the first round, or maybe we move up into the second, or we move back in the first and pick up a second rounder. I think you can get this this wide receiver class. They're calling it the most stacked that they've ever seen. And you've got, you've got guys like C.D. Lamb falling to us at 12. You've got guys like Jerry Judy, T. Higgins, a bunch of guys. Right. And I think you can get one of those guys, uh, your pick of the litter, really, and then and go from there. So right. I think I think our money is best spent. I'd like to see it spent on defense. Right. But, I mean, what do I know? <laughs> Which is where I'd like to move to next, the linebacker position. There's one name uh, that kind of stands out to me, Corey Littleton of the Rams. Um, good coverage linebacker that I do think should be available what? in free agency. Did you just swear on the podcast? <laughs> this is family friendly. I know coverage linebacker. I know it's an anomaly in Oakland. I guess it's Vegas now, brother. It's it's officially Vegas. Um, 
But like that's one of the names to me that kind of jumped out in the free agency that I was like, look, our linebacking core is atrocious. It's bad. Okay, it, it, it's bad. Like against the run, yeah, it's pretty decent. But surprise, offenses do other things than just run the football. And when it comes to pass pro, man, it, we're in trouble. So Corey Littleton's a name I wouldn't mind um, Oakland targeting. I'm telling you right now, though, there are a couple of Patriot linebackers, Kyle Van Noy and Jamie Collins, both aging guys. One's 29, one's 30. I'm telling you right now, Oakland's going to go pick up one of those guys. We love old free agents. If there's one thing that we've learned, man, Oakland loves those older free agents. I, I don't think Burfick's back. Do, do you think? Do you think they bring Burfick back? I, I don't think so. Yeah. I, I would guess no. Yeah. And. There's another guy from the, I think he played for the Browns. Um, Schobert, I think, is his name. Okay. Uh, that it would also be an in like him and Littleton. I would be interested in bringing both of those guys on. Uh, Van Noy is decent. I'm not really like Jamie Collins is kind of he's not as fast as he used to be. And, but you're right. We do like aging vets to bring in to play defensive end and not get any pass rush. So that may be, <laughs> um, and that, you know, I don't know. We've got, uh, we signed Rod Marinelli. Uh, we let Brinson Buckner go, the defensive line coach. Now we've got Rod Marinelli in that role. Right. And I think Paul Gunther's on a short leash going into this season. If the defense stinks again, Rod Marinelli's right there to plug in his defense uh, he coached with Gruden in Tampa Bay, and uh, so I think that that that's a situation to keep our eyes on as right. well. If if Gunther doesn't shape up, he's going to get shipped out, and I think the heir apparent is in the building uh, as in the form of Rod Marinelli, right? Who was with the Cowboys, right? So. Um... Yeah, sorry, I'm over here skimming over the corners and the safeties as well. Cornerback, a lot of these guys are old, man. Brian Jones of the Cowboys, Chris Harris Jr., Broncos, Kendall Fuller of the Chiefs, Trey Waynes, the Vikings, uh, James Bradbury of the Carolina Panthers. Um, I saw Xavier, like the, right now the Vikings have like, they're, they only have 46 players under contract. Okay. And they're already over the cap limit. Oh, wow. So, like, a Xavier Rhodes may come available. Uh, like you said, Trey Waynes is, like, he was not very good this year. Uh, Byron Jones, he may be a name that they go after. He's not super old. Um, and then who's the, I think the guy from the Titans, uh... The one that caught the interception in the Super Bowl with the Patriots and the Seahawks. Is- oh, 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 I know who you're talking about. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I think he's a free agent this year, really, too. Yeah. Um, but the the one thing that I'm looking through these names and, and um, like the safety position, I, I'm interested to see that. There's another topic that you could spend a lot of time on. What does Oakland do at the safety position? You know, so obviously we have um, our young rookie. There's basically, we've got like another three first round picks going to be coming in to the season this year uh, for the Raiders. But um, 
what do you do with uh, uh what do you do with Joseph? You know? Do you, I think Oakland's going to He's gone yeah, personally. Yeah. I, I I'd like to see them re-sign him, but we've got uh, Jonathan Abram that does the same thing. Right. Right. We we need in my opinion, we need somebody that's that can cover. Right. I know I say that a lot. I sound like a broken record, but I'd really like somebody that can cover. So, you know, there are two guys, excuse me, there are two guys that stand out, don't know if they'll be able to get out, but you mentioned with the Vikings having trouble in the cap, Anthony Harris of the Vikings, Justin Simmons, two safety, Justin Simmons is safety for the Broncos, um, you also have HaHa Clinton Dix of the Bears and Devin McCourty of the Patriots, Devin McCourty's getting pretty old though, um, if I'm not mistaken, um, you know, I, you know, if you get get your hands on like an Anthony Harris because the Vikings are having trouble, you know, uh, keeping people on the team, and they've got to, you know, let let some people, you know, walk out the door potentially. The thing I, I really want to see Oakland do in the free agency is, my gosh, let's go ahead and spend some money, right? Let, let let's 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 open up the purse strings here, or the pocketbook, or the the checkbook, or the wallet, whatever you call it. And and let's get some big names at a, at a decent age in the building, right? For defense, for the defensive side of the ball. Like, let's not get any more, like, 32-year-old linebackers and be like, well, this will work this year. Look, I think the general consensus is we need, like, another good wide receiver. If we can get a top-tier wide receiver, if we can get a Judy or even a C.D. Lamb, I think that would be kind of a reach that he'd fall to 12. But who knows? Stranger things have happened at sea. Um, you're going to get a top-tier wide receiver on Oakland's offense. Then that offense should be pretty well set, okay? Like, you get a, a, a top-tier wide receiver like that. I, I don't see any other holes on that offense that I'm like, oh, we need a, you know... Yeah, we need a running true. back, you know, uh, desperately. It's like everything else is pretty well set, but the defense we need a backup running back because I don't know if Richard or Washington will be back. Right, that's true. You know, and both those guys, like I could see, like especially a guy like Washington, he might play. You know, he might find himself a decent contract somewhere else with the way he played this year. And and props to him because he earned it, man. He, that guy played hard. He ran hard, and and um uh. Yeah, like I said, hats off to him. I hope he doesn't leave. I hope we're able to make a deal happen there. Uh, I thought he was a really solid backup. I, we, I've been screaming for him to be the backup over Richard um, of, since like three years ago. Um, but I, people love the, you know, you, you get a name, you know, like the pocket rocket and people. I mean, no disrespect to Jalen <laughs> Richard, but um, I always thought DeAndre Washington was the better running back out of the two. And so I was glad to finally see him get utilized more this year. He made the most, it seemed like, um, of his, uh, of his opportunities, but I'd like to see Oakland go spend some big money, get some, a big name or two in the house on defense in free agency. And that, if that means grabbing guys like, like an Anthony Harris, if he happens to hit the market or another corner or a linebacker, like a Corey Littleton, somebody like that, Somebody that's got like at least another like solid three, four years, you know, before you start hitting the decline. Um, 
That would be great because I'm tired of watching these free agents come in where it was like, yeah, back in 2013 and 2014, you know, he <laughs> led years ago. Yeah, he led the league in tackles. I'm like, well, that was six years ago, like pretty much obsolete at this point, you know, and that's kind of how I feel a little bit about AJ Green, uh, the wide receiver for the Bengals. I'm like, yeah, he was good, but it's been a few years now since like, uh, you know, he's really had trouble with injuries the last couple of seasons. And I'm going, I, I maybe a team friendly deal, but I'm not shoveling out big bucks for a guy like that. So I really hope that the Raiders, you know, you if you get a couple of quality names on defense, go out, spend some money, throw it down. You know, they did it last year for Brown, um, uh, our defense or our, our, our tackle. Um, and I'm hoping they do it this year. Uh, on the on the defensive side of the ball with a with a corner safety, um, honestly, Carl Joseph, I, I think they're going to allow him to attest the you know obviously the free agency, but but I wouldn't be surprised if Oakland actually re-signed him just because I don't know how much, like what kind of demand he's going to draw right. So I don't know like if there is if there are any teams out there that are going to you know pay how tall is he what five ten, you yeah, know. He's- Five nine five ten. Five nine five ten. If if there are going to be any teams out there that are going to you know give him buku bucks to play safety for him, I'm, maybe there will be. But I could see Oakland being able to bring him back in house and say, hey, you know, you know, you got a starting spot here, you know, kind of a thing. So that wouldn't shock me, but it wouldn't surprise me either if he's like, nah, you know, I'm I'm off to greener pastures like Conley to the Texans, you know, kind of a thing. So. Um, yep. uh, any other, any other big free agent names? Oh, one thing that a lot of Raider Nation has been talking about, um, I even hate mentioning this, but somebody the other day, dude, it was so ridiculous. Somebody said, oh, look, Derek Henry's a free agent. We should go get him <laughs> and pair him with, <laughs> I can't even like finish that I mean, I, it makes sense, right. but there's no way you're going to afford that. There's right. No way. Do that... you think Tennessee's gonna let Henry go? Like, okay, stop and ask the year yourself. He had this year. Right. Stop and ask yourself. Do you think Tennessee's gonna be like, you know what? Yeah, Henry, it's been a good run. Toodles, my man. Like, no. Number one, no. Number two, dude. I, I yeah. I, I just okay. I'm gonna just answer it because I have to because I saw it and I saw people agreeing with it. You're not gonna get Henry. First of all, you're gonna fork over a ton of money. Number two, we don't need. We don't need Henry. Like, would it be nice to have him? Well, duh. You know, it, it'd be nice to have Megatron, too. It'd be nice to have, you know, I don't know, name any other top-tier player out there. Um, but but it's not going to happen. So so we don't need him. It's not a need. I'd rather uh, – what are the free agency running backs? In fact, I just – let me look, look at this list. I've got it right here. Bear with me just one second. Um, of course, it's all the way at the top. Uh, uh, Kenyon Drake, Carlos Hyde, Melvin Gordon, LaShawn McCoy. Like, okay, none of those names exactly like, oh, Kenyon Drake, he had a pretty good year with the Cardinals. Don't know if they yeah. keep him or not. You know, they might I say. I they would. Yeah, but my guess is they will, especially with Johnson having getting getting hurt every single year. Um, you know, but guy like Carlos Hyde. Um, that wouldn't be bad. No, that wouldn't be terrible. Who who is the guy we brought on, man? Then he he uh, didn't he tear his ACL. Um, yeah, for early, the Jets. 
forget his name. Dang but, it, I forgot his name. Yeah, I don't we know. We talked if, about him on the last podcast, but yeah, now I can't remember his right. name. So there are plenty of guys like that I, was in our Sinem or Pinem. That's right. That's right. Um, honestly, I'd rather bring a guy like Jay Ajahi in. You know, the former there Eagle running back. You know, he's a bruiser. Bring him in on a one-year deal. You know, to run behind to to spell uh to uh. uh Jacobs? Yeah, to spell Jacobs. I keep wanting to say Joseph. To spell it's Jacobs. And um uh and then you you're gonna have either Richard or Washington back there still, I'm sure. And uh and there you go. You know, you're set. But but uh, stop with the Henry stuff, Raider Nation. It's not it's not happening. I don't mean to burst bubbles, but we keep it real on the podcast. And I know his name shows up on the free agency list, but does not mean that it's going to happen. I hate to break it to you, but it, it's not. So um, that, the, that is the funny thing. And that, that's what I'm trying to do here with this list. And I'm looking at all these names. Another name that popped up was Chris Jones, the interior defender for the uh, the Chiefs. That would be nice. But what are the odds of, of them letting him walk? Well, they... It depends on how much longer Mahomes is playing on his rookie contract. Because if he doesn't have much time left on his rookie contract, then they may not be able to afford him. Right. Um, and then another one that's interesting on the defensive end is Ngakwe. Right. From the Jags. He is, he's gone. Like He is no longer a Jaguar. Oh, I didn't and, know that. When did this happen? Um, Like... He, he sent out, like, a thing that said free. He's a free agent this year. No kidding. So, yeah. Okay. So Ngakwe could be a defensive end that, Absolutely. You, that you could plug in and and definitely... Upgrade. He, he caused a disturbance, we'll say. Oh, really? Okay. Um, in the backfield. Um. <laughs> uh, so, so there's sort of like, I'd rather have an Ngakwe from Jacksonville because, you know, Farrell struggled. Didn't I? It, you know, doesn't mean he's not going to perform, but he didn't perform like a fourth overall pick, and that's just no. a fact. Did he play well at times? Absolutely. Does the future look bright for him? Yes, it does. But I've said that about a lot of players, man, and and I said that about Conley. Okay. Yep. And and we see Denarius how that got more. us. Right. So, um, you have a guy like that in the rotation. Uh, that's an instant upgrade at defensive end. Him and Mad Max Crosby and Cleveland Farrell getting after the quarterback. Love that. We'll take that. So that's the kind of guy, a young player like that, that, man, go out and spend some money on. Get Go bring in a player like that. It's going to be an instant impact and an instant upgrade for that defense. Because Oakland needs it, man. I'm tired of watching this defense look like flipping Swiss cheese out there. And offense Garbage. is just running up and down. And it doesn't matter who your quarterback is. It could be a you know, 38-year-old washed-up, you know, second stringer out there. You know, our defense would make, you know, David Carr look great. So, uh, you know, it's just that's just how it is. So I'm tired of that. It's time to address the defense. We have the draft picks. We have the free agency capital to address it now. The offense minus a wide receiver is set. Let's attack the defense. Let's get some big-name young players in on free agency, and then in the draft, let's draft smart and plug some holes and, and be ready to rock and roll on defense. So that's my thought. That's my thought. Speaking of the draft, Tyler, you want to run a quick 
mock draft of the first. Oh, NBA do round. I? I've been looking forward to this for 50 minutes. <laughs> well, let's do it. Let's do it. For those of you who don't know, we fanspeak.com runs mock drafts through, um, actually, you can pick any format. You can pick any kind of uh, analysts. You can do uh, fanspeak Steve, the scout player, fanspeak Jake. You can use NFL Draft Diamonds, all kinds of players. Guys Matt from Miller, Matt Miller, from Bleacher Report. Um, who do you want to use on this one? Um, so, let's just use Fanspeak Steve since do he's it. got the most updated. And it shows you when they've updated their big board and everything. So then they try to keep it as realistic as possible. They try to base it off of team needs. It's a really interesting little exercise, and it's actually fairly accurate, I would say, for the yes. most part. I'm going to use the current official draft order. Yes. Current official draft order. Let's just do rounds one through three because we have okay. two picks in the first round and three picks in the third round. That way On we difficult. Yep. Because life is difficult, Micah, as you reminded right. us so eloquently last year in the offseason. Right. Life is tough. Okay? So just get used to it. The sooner you realize that, the better. Hike up your panties and get to work. You know what I'm saying, Amen. Tyler? Yep, I'm drafting. Uh, mine is mine's rolling. All right, what? Give us, give us some names, man. Where, where are you at right now? I'm, I'm in the same boat. Um, am I gonna get who I? I'm gonna get who I want to get. So number one, Joe Burrow, Chase Young, Jeffrey Okuda, Derek Brown, Jerry Judy to the Dolphins instead of Tua. Tua goes to the Los Angeles Chargers. Wow. Tristan Wirfs to the Panthers. Uh, a ta- an offensive tackle, Andrew Thomas, offensive tackle to the Cardinals, C.D. Lamb to Jacksonville Jaguars, Jedrick Willis to the Cleveland Browns, and number 11, Henry Ruggs III to the New York Jets, leaving me with, da-da-da-da, never going to happen, Isaiah Simmons, the <laughs> linebacker out of Clemson. I am drafting him. He is now off of the clock. I like it. You know, same with mine. I have. I also have Isaiah Simmons. So we're playing this just straight up. If you were the GM, because in this instance, we get to be the GM of the Oakland Raiders. Yeah, there's no way that I am passing over Isaiah Simmons. I don't think, you know, here I was telling the people, Tyler, that this is pretty realistic. I would be dumbfounded <laughs> if Isaiah Simmons were there at 12 and I would be um, uh, screaming at the TV for the Raiders to draft him. I think Isaiah Simmons is a top like five, six pick in the draft. In my yeah, opinion, yeah, that's the thing is like it, it's usually it's usually a couple uh quarterbacks, right? And usually not running backs anymore. That kind of it is towards the end of the first round, right? But you've got you've got quarterbacks and offensive tackles and defensive ends that are kind of your premium and it might happen. We can lit like we could be, I'd be so stoked if Isaiah Simmons was sitting there at 12, it might happen. It could happen. Very true. Let's speak it into existence. I like it. We'll do it. Now I'm sitting here personally, Tyler at 18. I'm looking at wide receiver, obviously T Higgins from Clemson is there. I do. (laughs) Do you think the Raiders are going to pass on a Clemson wide receiver, a Clemson player? I say Probably no. Not. Who else is sitting there, though? You know, mm, this is tough because Edge, I've got 
Um, well, no, I wouldn't just. You know, here's another interesting name to keep an eye on. Linebacker Patrick Queen from LSU. Yes. Uh, you know, the two names, obviously, Isaiah Simmons has been bannered around. A lot of people have Oakland picking up Kenneth Murray, the linebacker out of Oklahoma. But keep an eye on Patrick Queen, dude. That dude. That dude can play from sideline yes, to sideline. And that's a name that wouldn't mind Oakland picking up uh, later in, the, you know, it, like at 18. If we go, if there's a Judy or Higgins there, you know, one or t'other. I think there's going to be a quick run. I think I don't think C.D. Lamb makes it to 12, in my opinion. I think C.D. Lamb and Judy are both going to be off the board by the time Oakland picks. So I think Oakland actually, at the 12th overall pick, is going to pick up T. Higgins, because I think he's the next best option, in my opinion. Um, so in this instance, I'm kind of doing it backwards, but I am going to draft T. Higgins. If he's on the board at 18, I'm going to take T. Higgins. Here's a name to watch, too. This guy had himself a heck of a senior bowl. We just got done with that. Javon Kinlaw, a defensive lineman from South Carolina, is a monster. The dude just kind of came, burst onto the scene towards the end of the year. He's got, like, his arms are the size of my thighs, which (laughs) is not like my thighs. I mean, he's got giant arms. He is a he is a specimen to behold, but you know what? Like you said, there's there's T Higgins sitting there from Clemson. Um, I've got uh, Clavon, I, I Chison. Is that how you say it from th- LSU? Yeah, the defensive yeah. end, edge player. Um, see, this is where I think the I think that the Raiders could drop back and still get a T Higgins. If I'm a GM sitting here, I'm like, all right, I'm going to drop back with somebody, maybe like the 23rd pick, pick up a second round pick, and then uh, just kind of see how the board falls out there. I just because I like him, I'm gonna take T Higgins as well, and from Clemson. I like it. I like it. I think that wouldn't be a terrible pickup. All right, dude. So we, we we bypassed the second round, allegedly. Wouldn't be surprised if Oakland, like you said in that scenario, especially if you've got still a few good wide receivers on the board, or depending on who they're after. Um, you know, if a guy like Queen is still on the board and they think, you know, we can drop back three spots, four spots, and we think Queen's still going to be there. We've already gotten our wide receiver. We need a linebacker um, or a Murray you know, they could drop back, pick up a second rounder, and still get a solid linebacker in the first round. This is tough for me. Um, heading into um, heading into the third round because, gosh, there's just so many. You've got Ezra Cleveland as a guard for Boise State. That's a name I know well. Um, uh, there's a lot of talk with uh, perhaps Gabe Jackson. You know, moving on from Gabe Jackson for the Raiders. I, you know, I don't know if that will happen or not. But you know, injured for part of the season this year. Um, mm, this is tough. I was really hoping, to be honest, that my boy uh, Curtis Weaver would still be there um, in the third round. But unfortunately, he. Let's see, where did Curtis Weaver get taken? That's a name to keep an eye on as well. If Oakland decides to drop back, he's an edge defender. Technically, but he's actually um, uh, he's actually a linebacker as well, so he could actually cover very well. And I know this 
because I watched him play for the Boise State Broncos, and that dude is all over the field. He's one of those players, um, Curtis Weaver, that seems like he gets better as the game goes on. It's like he kind of it, it's a slow burn, and all of a sudden by the third and fourth quarter, the dude's all over the field making plays. It's like it takes him a little bit. He starts to read the offense and starts to get comfortable with the offense he's playing against, and then all of a sudden he just starts making plays. So, um, I guess at this point, dude, I'd probably look to corner. Um, you've got Lamar Jackson from Nebraska. There's a corner, uh, Michael Ojemuda. I believe is how you pronounce his last name. Um, probably butchered that. So I'm going to go with best player available. So I'm going to go for a corner. Oakland could use another corner. I'm going to go with uh, Michael from Iowa, cornerback. That's your first third-round pick, right? Yes, first third-round pick. So I, on my board, have Antoine Winfield. Uh, a safety out of Minnesota. And then I've got Jalen Rieger, who in in the third round, if he was still there in the third round, from what I have heard, that would be a steal. Um, And then there's a couple other, there's one name that you'll recognize, uh, Mr. John Hightower. Yes. A wide receiver out of Boise State, who I wouldn't mind taking uh, either. Oh yeah, I see that from Iowa, Michael Ojemudia. Yes, yes, Ojemudia. I'm going with because safety is a pretty saying. We don't sign a free agent there. Uh, safety is a pretty big need for us. So I'm going to take Antoine Winfield, the safety out of Minnesota. And then we have back-to-back picks. So I will yeah. let you choose your next pick. Yeah, that's a, that was actually a really good pick because that Antoine Winfield dude, I've watched him play in there in, uh, I think it was, was it the bowl game or is the game prior, the championship game? That dude's all over the field. Um, and this is tough again because, like, I feel like just balling out um, on the defensive side of the ball. So, dude, I'm going to go, I'm going to go with Malik Harris linebacker out of Ohio State. I like that pick. Malik Harrison is somebody to watch. He had a he's fast. He's quick. That would be two quick linebackers that we could yeah. add to our our linebacking core that would probably start day 1, which would be great. Yep. Yep. Um I've got a couple names on here, like I I already mentioned, that I really like. Dan Jefferson is a wide receiver from Florida that had a really good time. He was really good at the Senior Bowl. Um, Sitting here, so I got Simmons, I got Higgins, I've got Antoine Winfield. I am looking at... Linebacker Akeem Davis Gaither from Appalachian State. Yep. He yep. had a pretty good he had a pretty good senior bowl as well. Um and I I think that would fill another need that we have. Um so I'm going to take him out of Appalachian State. I like it. I like it. Dude, for the final pick in the third no, round. Oh, it gave me oh. Brandon Jones. Dang it, that's not who I took. Oh, okay. 
Well, we he's know he's a we... safety from Texas. I have no idea who he is, but Way I wanted Akeem Davis Gaither. That's who I'm going to say I picked. Raiders GM sending in the wrong name. Oh, uh, that's that's how that would roll, huh? <laughs> dude, for my final pick in the third round, dude, we've talked about it all off season. You knew this was coming. Um, I'm going to pick the player that's going to put a little pressure on Derek Carr because I think Derek Carr <laughs> needs some pressure. I think Derek Carr needs somebody sitting behind him, chomping at the bit, ready to start. And um, and I think the Raiders organization needs that as a whole because this season, I've talked about it already, Raider Nation. I've said, I think I want the Raiders as a whole to make the playoffs. And I think for Derek Carr to stay, I think he, in my opinion, I want to see him win a playoff game. This is year seven for Derek Carr with zero playoff wins. I know you can look to that one season where he broke his leg and it seems like really things took a turn for the worse in his career or at least set him back. And you could potentially point to that game and say, we would have beat Houston, but we don't know. We don't know that. And he didn't play in that game. Um, So I just feel like seven years in the league, you got to have at least a single playoff win. Seven years as a franchise quarterback making franchise money you got to have at least a single playoff win. If that doesn't happen, I think this guy sits right behind him and is ready to rock and roll. I'm taking him, Tyler. Jalen Hurts still sitting there. I'm going to draft him. Dual threat quarterback. Guy can run. If there's one thing we've seen, that seems to be working out pretty well in the NFL so far. So there's my guy to push car and a potential player to be the future of the Las Vegas Raiders. So I still have Jalen Rieger the wide receiver from TCU sitting there. I've also got, do you remember that guy that I sent you the video of? His name is Lynn Bowden. He was a wide receiver slash running back at Kentucky and then started at quarterback for like the rest of his senior year. He's sitting there. He's a gadget player akin to perhaps a more athletic Taysom Hill. He can play running back. He can play wide receiver. He can play quarterback if need be. Um, That's just a name to to throw out there. Um, We're hoping to get uh, our good friend Hemahe Muli on to talk about some of the guys that are coming out of Utah. One of those guys is safety Terrell Burgess. Um, He is sitting there. But I am going to go with just just for fun, because I'd like a kind of a gadget player on offense. I'm going to go with Lynn Bowden from Kentucky. I like it. I like it. Now, I want to circle back around um, because I try to do things, Tyler, like as realistically as I think things are going to be possible. I realistically, as I look at this draft, don't see Isaiah Simmons there at 12. Okay. I don't either. Unless something weird happens or he bombs the the uh, combine, you know, and it's like, what in the world? You know, um, I don't see that. I don't see it happening. What I do see happening. I think Oakland is going to move on a wide receiver at the 12th overall pick. Realistically, here are the three names. I think that are going to be at the top of the list. Personally, CD lamb, Judy and T Higgins. I do not think Judy makes it out of the top 10 
I'm sorry, I don't think Lamb. I think Lamb is the first wide receiver off the board. I would I would agree. I Lamb or Judy. Yep. I think those yep. are the the two guys. I don't see though. I don't see another one off the I don't see two wide receivers in the top 11 picks. I don't think that's going to happen. So, here's my if if Lamb is gone, let's pretend Lamb's gone. I think Oakland's going to be able to pick from Judy or T Higgins realistically. And it, it, honestly, I think if 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 there were two picked, I think Lamb and Judy both go before Higgins. I think you're right. Uh, but let's pretend Judy and Higgins are there. Who do you take? That's a good question because I've been on the T. Higgins bandwagon for a long time. Right. And we got burned by an Alabama wide receiver last time. I don't know <laughs> if you remember his name. His name's Amari Cooper. Maybe, maybe. Um, that's a tough one because I, I know that Higgins is 6'4". I'm not sure how big... Uh, I'm not sure how big Jerry Judy is. I don't know what his, what, what, how tall he is. I'll look it up real quick. According to, uh, Wikipedia, cause that's where we go for our information. <laughs> you know that you're getting good information because anybody anywhere in the world can just go on and write anything about anything. So you know you're getting good information. He's 6'1", 192. He's he's probably the most polished route runner in the draft. I'm going to I'm going to side on the I'm going to err on the side of the polished route runner and go with Jerry Judy. I like it. At that at that point. Yep. Yep. Uh, for me, okay, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna put myself in from what we've seen from Mayock and Gruden. Honestly, my gut says we're gonna get T. Higgins because number one, I think he's gonna be available. I could see Judy going in the top eleven along with C. D. Lamb, and we're left kind of with Higgins. I'm not saying I'd be disappointed in that. Uh, actually, I would be excited for that. A big bodied wide receiver, I think is just what the doctor ordered for Derek Carr. So, um, uh, my gut tells me Oakland, I know we just ran the mock and we got Isaiah Simmons. Don't think that happens, but I think more realistically, Oakland picks up T Higgins wide receiver, um, out of, uh, uh, out of where, Tyler? Clemson. Clemson. I don't. Well, I don't know why I was going to say LSU. I've, I've got. Uh, I've got LSU on the brain. And plus, well, I mean, look at. They like championship players, right? And I like that mentality. I do like the um, kind of the thinking behind that because you've got guys that are in there. They, they've been in a winning culture. They want to win. They want to get. You know, they, they want to have. You know, whatever the psychology is there, but I think it's working. Because these players that the Raiders have drafted have, you know, in the in these early rounds have all come from, you know, this this winning background. These guys are putting up, you know, th- their teams are good, and I think that does something to you when you know, when you go to a team like Oakland and you start to lose. Um, I, there's got to be, I think there's a psychology there of of you've got guys that are used to being 
championship players that maybe have a little bit different drive, a little bit more of a drive to get back to championship caliber because they don't want to be, uh, you, they're not used to it. They're not used to losing, not used to failure. Right. So it's like, no, 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 no. This doesn't fly. We're not, we don't settle for this. We want, cha- you know, championship or bust. You know, we're, we're, we're championship players. We're, we're, we're on championship teams, like the Clemson players, like the run on Clemson players we had. So I like that. I think there's a little bit of, that that plays into these picks for Mayock and Gruden. Um, and I like that. Let's keep going down that path. Let's keep picking from big name schools. We've talked about this in the past. Let's pick big name players that have done big things on the field. It seems like Oakland loved for uh, under um, uh, uh, the previous GM. What's his name, Tyler? I'm failing because it's like 11 McKenzie. o'clock at night. McKenzie. They, we love to pick like these players that like oh, had so much potential. And it was like, stop it. Like we need proven talent. I want I want to pick a player that is really good and was really good in college that the likelihood of being really good in the NFL is really good. I don't want to pick these guys as like, oh, you know, he only had six sacks his senior season, but his speed and his length you know, are a good combination in the NFL. So he should, you know, if he can develop, he should be really good. You know, I I don't want to do that. Like, give me some proven talent on this team. And this defense needs it. I don't want to keep rebuilding, Tyler. I don't know about you, but I'm tired of rebuilding. I'm tired of it. Let's go ahead and get, you know, Bosa-type players on this team. Let's go ahead and get guys. Let's draft players because we're going to be able to with two first-round picks. We're going to be able to draft players that are going to be able to step right in and make an instant impact. Let's keep doing that. We did it last year. I don't think there is any question that uh, Jacobs is an instant impact player. Um, I guess you could argue the defensive end position a little bit, but I feel like we made up for that in the fourth round with Mad Max Crosby. Um, still, Jury's still out on Abram, uh, but all signs point to being a good safety so let's keep let's keep doing that. Let, let's keep getting big name players with big name production in college and on the field, and and uh, and let's let that translate into the NFL and not have to wait uh, for these guys and say, well, you know, three or four years down the road they should be pretty good. No, I don't want to do that. I'm done doing that. So yep, tired of it. I want a 49ers turnaround. Right, 49ers was one. People may hate, may hate me for saying that. That's what I want. Yep, and it can be done. That's the one thing I don't like. I've seen a lot of like negativity or like this like pessimism of like, well, now and I've already seen it started, and I have talked about this, but like the the fans are like, well, like don't get too excited for this year. We're still rebuilding, and it's like, can we not like? I don't like to use the 49ers as an example any more than any other Raider fan, but they are an example. They won three games last year. Now they're in the Super Bowl. It can be done. It's not like this, like, oh, you know, it's you know one in a thousand. You know, it's like, no, it, it can be done with the proper management and pl- putting plugging players into places where they can thrive. It, Imagine doing that. Right, right. Let's do it. So it can be done. Let's do it. Let's not keep making excuses for, well, you know, we're going to have to let now this new set of rookies develop but you know within a in, in two or three years we should be a good squad no we've been saying that for 19 or 17 years now let we're done i'm done saying that let's let's get the turnaround going the turnaround's already done like we we should be we should be a playoff team this year 
that in my opinion. 2020 Vegas Raiders should be a playoff team. So, hoorah! And hoorah. Yeah. Tyler, we have a phone call I believe we need to get to. Is that correct, yes, sir? we do. We have one from John Russo, who called in a couple weeks ago to defend himself against the anti-taking two wide receivers in the draft. <laughs> so we will let him defend himself. We'll listen to that. And then we will be back to wrap things up. Sounds good. Let's do it. Hello, gentlemen. It is I, John, from Twitter, and I called to defend the onslaught, the attack that you three, I'm just kidding, mostly uh, Micah and Birch, you, you know what? It is what it is. Anywho, uh, I wanted to defend the two-wide receiver approach in the first round um, that that no one agreed with, okay? And, and here's my thinking. This draft, as I've seen it, or to the best of my knowledge, is – wide receiver deep and corner deep, right? So I would understand taking both in the first round, if that's your strategy. Um, but going linebacker, I understand that's the biggest need. And hopefully we will go after someone like uh, Littleton or Schobert and kind of help out the linebacker position before we get to the draft. But if we go in as we are now, then yes, you hope to see Simmons at 12. But after that, you're already talking about a position group where maybe two guys were supposed to go in the first round six months ago, and that was including a dude from Alabama, Moses. That's what I thought, those two for sure, Moses and uh, Simmons. But it's already a depleted linebacking class, and uh, I don't like taking one in the top 20. But if you trade back, I do get taking him at that point. Uh, but, you, you know, if, if you do trade back, you can even get in the second round and get someone like Troy Dye from uh, – Oregon, and he, he has great coverage skills, so, yeah, it's going to suck. I don't think we're going to get the uh, beautiful middle linebacker that we want, but we'll see what happens. Have a good one, guys. John, thanks for the call. Always great to hear from you. Um, dude, we better get a linebacker. I want a linebacker, Tyler. We want. I want a beautiful middle linebacker, bro. I'm tired <laughs> of of seeing that position um, struggle year in and year Perry out. Perry Riley, Navarro uh, Bowman. Let's get like some uh, Vontez perfect now. Let's get some consistency at the person that's the maybe the most important position for right. getting people set up. Let's get somebody there that's stable. It's going to be there for a while. I agree. Yep. Who who was the running uh, the linebacker we just brought in from the Giants? Um, I believe it's from Giants. Uh, d- the Titans, Compton. Oh, Compton. Will yeah. Compton. Um. Uh. I, I, Boy, it was interesting to see what happens when you have a little veteran presence at that position because he stepped up and was making play after play. Um, I think if there's one thing you do, I don't know his age or where they're at in the contract there, but that popped out to me because it was at the end of the season. But let Burfitt go. Um, 
and get him back for, you know, if you want a veteran presence there at the linebacker position, bring him back because I think he would make more of a difference than perfect because I don't think perfect's getting ready is going to change his ways as a linebacker. I don't blame him. I am not saying that, Hey, you you know, uh, that's a whole different subject, but I don't, I don't think perfect could make it through a whole season without getting suspended again. That's just what I see. So I this think is you, true. you'd be better Will off Compton, bringing Compton it, back. It, Will Compton would be 31 years old at the start of the season. Compared to what? Burfick's going to be like 33, I think. 33 or 34, if I'm not mistaken. Um. So, uh, yeah. But he's, I think he's... Actually, he's he would be thirty. Perfect is a year younger. Oh no, kidding! Wow, I had that completely wrong. Then still, I, I still, even though younger, um, I, I still have no confidence. Perfect is gonna make it through an entire season without being fined and 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 um, you know, suspended again. So there is that. But hopefully, that is null and void because the Raiders. Um, address the linebacking position. And there are some really solid names out there, man, that I think Oakland's going to be able to get their hands on, not only in free agency, but also in the draft. I think Oakland could go young through the draft and pick up a couple of really decent, like, starting linebackers and build on that. So hopefully that's the case. Um, Because as I look at the defense, I feel like that's the most glaring need. A coverage linebacker, and a you know a a, a a heavy presence in the middle to be able to you know because guess what Kelsey's not going anywhere anytime nope. soon you know and and as much as I like Joseph as much as I like Abram I don't like that I, I don't like that matchup on Kelsey nope. but I so, like Simmons I would like Simmons on oh Kelsey gosh. oh man would that not be sweet even a Kenneth Murray on right. on. I watched Kelsey. Kenneth Murray fly around and make plays for Oklahoma. I mean, it was amazing to see the speed. And again, another player to keep an eye on, the Curtis Weaver, man. That dude can fly around and make some plays. And he's got some coverage skills. That's the other thing, too. He's sneaky fast for the size that he is. So, because um, that's a big boy. I don't know if you've ever seen him. Uh, you have know, I ever seen I'm him? Not ever se- I'm sorry. But, like, he doesn't look like the type of player with speed. But I'm really no, interested to see... Um, what his numbers are when he posts numbers up here coming up here in well, about a month or so. Um, anyhow, Tyler, man, you got anything else for Raider Nation before we sign off? Just uh, heartfelt condolences to maybe one of the greatest or one of the biggest sports deaths, tragedies, whatever yes. you want to call it. Yes, in my lifetime, um, the Bryant Kobe Bryant's family, uh. That's, that's a, it's a surreal thing for me. I, 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 I've talked with you and Birch. I hated Kobe Bryant growing up just because he was so good and you always had a chance, like you better been up by like 40 points with two minutes left to go in the game or else Kobe had a chance of bringing the Lakers back to beat the jazz. It was just always, it was always kind of that hate, but respect, uh, relationship, and I always thought that that, uh, and not to get too far ahead of myself, but and also the other families that were impacted as well. Um, mm. I I can't remember, I can't remember their names right off the top of my head, but um, 
I mean, there were nine people and more than three, there were four families, the, the helicopter pilot, uh, the mom and the daughter that were headed to the basketball camp, and then the mom, daughter, and dad that were also that were also headed to the same camp, and just a sad, surreal thing that I I thought it was fake when it first came out, um, and I was just like that can't happen, and you know Kobe's supposed to be like Bill Russell, and going to the two or the 2050 NBA championship game and like walking up there with a walker and handing the trophy out. That was right. That was kind of what I had envisioned for that. And, uh, it was just ended soon. So our, our, my condolences to all families involved and all friends involved as well, close relatives and, and family members that, uh, our, our hearts and prayers go out to you and uh yeah just a sad sad situation yep no i agree and it's um should have been probably mentioned at the first part of the podcast but yeah it's uh um like you said it doesn't seem real you know such a iconic figure in the sports world i mean i I even remember watching him and Shaq play, even at a, even being young, um, and just thinking like I have those memories. Like I don't remember any other basketball from when I was little, but I always remembered Shaq and Kobe Bryant playing basketball. Right, so um, it, it's surreal and it's it doesn't seem real. And and um, yeah, prayers and and condolences to all the families it, originally i think that they thought there were only four people on the flight and then it comes out that no there were seven no there were a total of nine and it was uh, right it seemed to get more tragic by the hour and then to find out that his daughter was there as well and and these mom you know moms of of kids you know and and the pilot and it was just um really devastating and and um hope that um it's been cool to see the sports world rally around everybody um, come together for everybody involved in this tragedy. And that's, um, that's encouraging to see. That's very Absolutely. encouraging to see. And if uh, there's anything good come out of it, it's that for like a few days, Twitter has been fairly united and, uh, that's, right. that's nice to see. Right. Right. So, um, so passes a legend and, and, um, hopefully, we don't have to endure anything like that else in our lifetime, but just a good reminder that life is short and you never know what could happen day to day. And so make sure that, uh, make sure you tell the people that are around you, you love them and you take, take a little extra time to be with the people that matter most because you don't know. I mean, it, it wasn't Kobe's fault. It wasn't any of those passengers fault that anything happened. They couldn't control that, you know, right. it just, they got on a plane or got on a on a helicopter, like I'm sure they've done probably dozens, if not hundreds, of times before. Like you would get in a vehicle to go drive to work, you know. Um, yep. And you can't control what's going on around you, and and um, it was real real sad deal there. But just take care of the people around you, man. Just just take make care sure of you, your chicken. That's right. As in the words of Marshawn Lynch, that's an iconic saying. Anyway. Great way to end the podcast. Tyler, thank you so much. Raider Nation, thank you so much. We hope you enjoyed this episode. We've got more talk of the draft, 
free agency. Hope you guys enjoy the Super Bowl coming up, even though I'm sure most of you aren't excited for who's playing in it. <laughs> well, still, it's football, man. It's the last official game. I've got to soak up the last little bit of football before what we go on a, what is it, five months, six months, dry spell of no, yeah. no, no football being played because... I'll start clinging to the preseason, and then let's get down to Vegas, man. Let's rally around this Vegas team and uh, hopefully uh, put together a pretty sweet season. So, Raider Nation, thank you so much, as always, for listening. We will catch you in the next episode. Just win, baby.